When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. This is kind of my weekly wrap-up video screen capture. So sorry for those of you that are listening on, on a podcast format. And I would like to receive some feedback from my YouTube viewers. What do you think of this? You know, it's mostly going to be charts today. Um, some videos, I include articles as well. I don't necessarily want this to be me just summarizing articles or anything like that. Um, I, I like to, to include charts because it gives you guys visuals to look at. Um, and then me to kind of give my commentary on, on the charts as well as, as all the things surrounding. You guys know I'm not a guy that, that uh, uh, takes charts and, and, and breaks them down as, as to, you know, this is where the resistance support, this is where things are heading next, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm not a charter. I'm not huge into technicals. You guys know that. But I do want to offer you guys something because I've received that feedback from a lot of people. So, so give me some more feedback on, on what you can think of, of, you know, will there be things that you'd like me to add or is, or is this, you know, sufficient? Uh, because I know a lot of you guys more than anything else uh, appreciate, you know, my views, my commentary. So, you know, the story of the week, I guess the story of at least this Friday has been that for now, emerging markets are taking a breather. And you can see that right here in the, uh, this is the Turkish lira US dollar exchange rate. Um, the, you know, it, it spiked over the weekend. I, I documented that, you know, up over seven to one. This is US dollar to, to Turkish lira chart, by the way, up over seven to one. And since then it's come down, you know, it, it dipped below six. Right now it's sitting right around six to one. Um, basically, you know, the, the, this downward dip here has been the result of, hey, it, it, it didn't run out of control. It didn't go crazy, you know. Um, that, that momentum was kind of stopped in its tracks. You also had um, uh, Qatar, uh, Qatar, however you want to pronounce it. They offered to, I don't think it was a $15 billion loan. The sense that I, I'd have to look at the details. The sense that I got is that they were planning on, on um, uh, spending some capital, I guess, in, in Turkey, investing in the country, $15 billion, as as well as, you know, this this was also the result of, of some policies that, that were put in place by the Turkish government to to kind of crush short sellers of, of the Turkish lira. I mean, it, it was in a precarious position, the lira, for, for a variety of reasons. But, you know, I'm sure there's some reason to believe that short selling was part of this uh, drive upwards. And, and, and it's been stopped for now. But like I said, this is just, it, it just taking a breather. It's just taking a breather. And that's what I want to start off uh, talking about in this video today. I'll actually move this chart over here. This is the other one right here. Uh, the other three emerging markets, besides China, if, if you want to consider them a China, uh, an emerging market, um, these are the other three big ones that I'm looking at right now. So in green, we have the uh, Brazilian real. In black, we have the uh, South African rand. And in red here, you have the Argentine peso. Three relatively large emerging markets. And in all three of them, you know, this, this, this is their exchange ratio versus the U.S. dollar. So as this goes up, this is not a good thing for their economy or, or their, their um, currency because this means their currency is being uh, devalued. It's, it's going weaker and weaker. And so, you know, I, I want to relate this to the, to the Turkish chart as well. Um, I, I don't think this route in emerging markets is over. I definitely don't. You know, I had a rather notable, I guess, um, YouTuber 
YouTube channel commented on one of my videos, I think it was the one about Turkey, talked about how it's it's unlikely to be a contagion. I don't know the exact wording, but but that's not a huge deal. It's, it's unlikely to be a contagion to, to the United States and, and Europe. Um, and, you know, I, I, I continue to hold that, that the potential is absolutely there uh, and not just a, an outside, a, a trivial chance of it happening. Um, you know, what's happening in Turkey and what's happening in these emerging markets, this can quickly spread. And, and you, you know, maybe not to the United States at first. Maybe it's going to spread to, to Asian countries like, like uh, Indonesia, Philippines, Malaysia, um, and, and uh, you know, India, you know, a big one over there, as well as, you know, what's going on in China. But, you know, all of those things in emerging markets will ultimately affect what's happening in the United States and what's happening in Europe. I, I think a contagion is on the way. You know, this has the makings of it. I'm not saying that it will for sure, but, but this is something to keep an eye on. And in fact, speaking of things to keep an eye on, I want to talk a couple big numbers to 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 watch for in in the coming weeks in the next month or two. Uh, we'll start off with the Turkish lira seven to one. That was obviously the big piece of of I guess resistance for it. Um, seven to one, uh, you know, higher than seven to one. Once it's heading into the seven to one to eight to one ratio, the risk of of defaults increases. I think exponentially. The risk of bank failure within Turkey increases significantly. You know, this you know, part of the reason that this is only um, taking a breather. Why, why I think that's the case is that you know the risk of default from the country is already extremely high. It's just a matter of of when, right? When is their credit card bill due? And and and. How long is their grace period? You know, that's that's oversimplifying it. But eventually those those defaults will come in, right? Especially as as economic growth in the country stalls, as consumers in Turkey um, decrease their spending, corporations are having a harder and hard time to come up with with the foreign currency that, that they're already struggling to get because because their their native currency, the lira, is already so weak. Um, it's coming. But seven to one is a big one to watch. You know, that space between seven to one, eight to one is gonna be interesting. You know, I think once it breaks through that again, uh, the contagion threat is going to be talked about once again by by a lot of the mainstream sources. But uh, I talked about this a long time ago as well. Um, the the other big one that you you need to watch here is is for Brazil, uh, the four to one ratio right here. Um, now now as you can see back in I think it was early two thousand sixteen, that was kind of when it topped out back then. Uh, let's see here. 4.05, that's what it has here, uh, to 1. So basically around 4 to 1, maybe 4.11, okay? Um, since then, it's came down, but but it's heading back up again, right? Again, they have their own political issues. They're, they're, they're suffering from, I guess, the results of a, a rising dollar and a dollar shortage, rising rates, et cetera, expensive dollar to, to, to borrow. Um, you're seeing these rates continue to rise, and uh, well, they're paying the per, they're, they're paying the price for it ultimately. Um, so 4 to 1 is a big, big ratio to watch here, Um you know, once it exceeds that level, uh, I think you're going to see it spread more and more to to other emerging markets and, and also, you know, South American countries, um, obviously Argentina, but also, you know, Colombia, um, Mexico, which you know, Central North America, whatever it is, but but whatever, throw it in the same kind of uh, basket as some of these other um, countries. Uh, that's a big number to watch, four to one. Um, and then for, for Argentina and, and, and South Africa, I guess I could say for South Africa, the big one would be this resistance line. I, I don't I don't see it as extremely important, but but again, um, you know that's at, at what seventeen to one, something like that. Um, so so heading above seventeen to one would would be a big deal for the for the uh, for the round, but but again maybe not a key key number, but certainly continue to watch what's happening with their currency and their economy as it continues to to descend into to turmoil. Uh, and then the red one um, for sorry for Argentina, the Argentine peso. Again, it continues to kind of be in free fall here. Um, 
Now, now, interestingly enough, we we've seen two different examples here of of how to and and I guess maybe how not to manage a currency crisis between Argentina and Turkey. Now, now, obviously, it hasn't been working out for for Argentina either for a variety of reasons. But Argentina has been active in doing things like raising their interest rates and and trying to to um, I guess stop this this drop in their currency. You know, to date, it, it it's had limited success. Obviously. It continues to to be devalued. Um, the, Tur- the, the Turkish lira, on the other hand, um, they're they're not really rise, raising rates at the central bank level. They're they're undergoing some other things. They're they're not they're doing soft capital control. They're they're trying to to crush short sellers. But more than anything else, you know what's really exacerbating, I think, this issue in, in Turkey is honestly their leadership and Erdogan and and and, and how he's just. Uh, maybe approaching this in the most naive, most ignorant way he possibly could, right? He's, I get it. There's, there's some, I guess, wisdom, economic wisdom to, to how he's approaching this in the sense that he's saying, this is the West's fault. This is the United States' fault. They're targeting us. Um, it really makes an appeal to to a lot of other uh, Muslim nations, right? That's part of the reason that uh, Qatar has, has come in and, and, and tried to help them out. And, and you've seen a lot of you know Muslims even on social media saying, you know, even if you're not in Turkey, exchange your native currency or your dollars for the lira to, to try and help it out. And, and maybe that's made a small impact on, on the grand scheme of things. I, I tend to doubt it. Um, but but he's very much trying to make it an us versus them thing. He's not really raising interest rates. He's not really instituting capital controls, which, by the way, I think is, is a good thing. But I think it's going to come eventually. Um, Argentina, on the other hand, has been very aggressive with their with their rate hikes. It, it hasn't stopped their free fall necessarily, um, but you know I, I think it's a it's going to be a hard landing for both of those countries. I think, but but it's going to be a much softer landing I think for Argentina. This is something they can realistically limp their way out of. Maybe you know depending on how bad it gets in other emerging markets. Um, Turkey, on the other hand. Uh, you know, it was I think Fitch, the uh, not Abercrombie and Fitch, but Fitch, the uh, the big rating agency that has recently downgraded Turkey. They're talking about the prospects for Turkey, and they're talking about how, hey, uh, Turkey's um, the, the way they're approaching this and not rate, uh, hiking their rates. This is not helping their situation. This is 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 that the the outlook for them is is dimming rapidly but then they want to say you know long term or, or medium term at least that that the economy is vibrant that that there's a a good chance for significant economic growth in the, over the medium term and i'm like you know looking at this chart and, and looking at what's going on right now in emerging markets and in turkey and how their leadership is approaching this uh no i don't i don't see a lot of great you know if there's gonna be any uh, prospects for significant growth it's going to be um it's gonna be after a major crash, and then, and then you know, there, there's gonna be nowhere to go but up in terms of economic growth. Um, it, I, I think being in emerging markets right now is a very risky thing, and, and Turkey is maybe among the top on those lists. There can be a dead cat bounce in their currency; it could head lower to five to one, sure. But the long-term prospects in terms of the solvency of their corporations, their banks, um, as well as just how much uh, capital will likely be leaving their country, both foreign and domestic capital investors etc because of fears about this um it's that's not what they need right now they need capital inflows like like what qatar is doing right now um but but that's not i don't think what they're going to get from a lot of western investors so you know that's that's really the big this the the headline right now i mean what when is this going to be a contagion into to europe and the united states um for the time being i think it's going to continue to be a contagion to other emerging markets you're going to see another one spring up here pretty soon, I think. You already have these ones that I've listed, Brazil, South Africa, 
um, Argentina and, and Turkey. You could throw certainly Venezuela in there as well, but but that's, uh, yeah, they're, they're in their own situation. This is probably not helping Venezuela's situation at all. Um, and you know, I laugh at that, but but it is really a tragic thing what's going on in some of these countries to, to their populations and, and whatnot, you know. But but in other ways, you know, I guess as, as going on a bit of a tangent here, you know, you, you see uh, Turkey's history over the last uh, five to ten years as, as Erdogan has moved their, their government away from, from a more secular point of view, as he's consolidated more and more power, um, the, the people, a lot of the people have supported him along the way. You know, bring you back to, to two, roughly two years ago now. The, the attempted military coup within the country, which, you know, I still have my doubts about the legitimacy of it. You know, was this a false flag coup for, for Erdogan to, to gain more power? However, you know, if you recall, one of the big deciding factors in and whether or not that coup actually worked, and again, it, it could have been a false flag in the first place, but, but assuming it was legitimate, even if it wasn't, one of the things that you saw is people in the streets, Huge amounts of people in the streets, right? Oh, is the military going to fly jets and 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 um, fly really low over the cities or 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 over the uh, what is it, Bosphorus Strait between uh, uh I think it's it's uh, between um, Asia and, and Europe. You know, uh, are they going to drive tanks or APCs or whatever into the streets? Well, let's have the people storm the streets, crowd the streets, right? The military is not yeah. If if they'd be shooting themselves in the foot by by actually shooting the the, the civilians. You saw this huge, massive popular uprising. And I think there's a lot of popular support for the purges that ensued afterwards. I don't know how much executions there were. I don't know. I don't know, honestly. But but for the most part, for how many people it was, I don't think a whole lot. But, but there's quite a few uh, people that were removed from their military positions, their teaching positions, government positions, etc. And you saw a lot of popular support for that. Well, this is what you get when you have a lot of popular support for a... Oh, a, a, a dictator, you know, maybe that's a little extreme, but but you have to remember, you know, their election was not that long ago, and and I don't know, a country like Turkey, I'm I'm uh, I'm skeptical of the legitimacy of those types of elections, right? Um, so so maybe he's not textbook dictator, but but you know, is 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 a uh, President Maduro of uh, Venezuela is is he a um, democratically elected leader, right? Is uh the 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 head of the Democratic Republic's uh, Democratic People's Republic of Korea? the DPRK, the North Korea, you know, um, Kim Jong-un, is, is he a democratically elected leader? No, I mean, most people say he's he's a dictator, right? This is what you get. And you, you get a lot of erratic behavior. You get an unstable currency. Um, this is about as centrally planned as economies come. And, uh, you know, when, when you have him and, and his son-in-law, I think it is, mostly in control of, of uh, the, the central bank, this is what you get. So, you know, it's sad. It's tragic for a lot of the people. But on the other hand, um, it should serve as a warning. You know, this is what happens when you support these types of policies in a lot of these emerging markets. So it's just a matter of time, I think, before this continues to, to spiral out of control. Um, you know, again, dead cat bounce for now, maybe, in some of these currencies. But the the big factors that, that really got a lot of this started in the first place, i.e. rising dollar, rising rates, dollar shortage, that's not going away anytime soon. Because I've, I've said many times that one of the major reasons for that, that as laid out by, by the uh, Reserve Bank of India, or Indian Reserve Bank, uh, one of the, one of the uh, individuals over there, Urjit Patel, this is something that came out several months ago, talking about how the Fed unwinding their balance sheet and thus buying fewer U.S. American bonds 
and the U.S. government issuing more and more bonds because their debts were not of control. Those two things are creating a dollar shortage, and and that's why you have um, you know these emerging markets which which have borrowed so much in U.S. dollars and depend so much on U.S. dollars. That's why you have their currencies dropping so much, right? It's it's a it's a vicious cycle, and the Fed's not stopping that anytime soon. The U.S. government's not going to stop their spending spending spree anytime soon. Um, it's it's going to get much worse, I think, before it gets any better. But again, when will that happen? I, I'm still going to say I think the Fed's going to uh, they're going to have to slow down or reverse this policy by the end of this year. And I'm still sticking with that. You know, we're getting closer and closer day by day. But you know, look at some of these developments that we've had just over the last month. You know, this is this is going to put pressure on the Fed. Uh, believe me, it, it will sooner or later. So uh, beyond this, a couple other things I want to talk about: uh, the Chinese yuan. Um, this is, has certainly been in the news. It's it's a gain strength. Again, this is their currency. U.S. dollar versus the Chinese yuan. So higher means weaker for the yuan, stronger for the dollar. Now, as you can see, it, it, it hit a peak here. This is kind of a cycle, I guess, for the currency, a cycle high or cycle low, I guess. Um, it, to, to put this in context, this almost was how high it reached back in um, the end of 2016. Okay. So the end of 2016, it was right around 6.97, somewhere in there. And, and of course, this time around, it, the highest it got was like 6.9, um, just shy of 6.96. So pretty close. Of course, the, the key resistance level being 7 to 1, right? And, and it's, it's headed downwards, you know. And, and of course, to, to relate this to silver and gold, you've seen a similar story in silver and gold. Uh, they've they've gone up because you know, as we know, they they both both metals have. Um, this is a by the way, uh, silver is in pink here, uh, gold is in, in red, and 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 uh, uh, the yuan is in blue here. They, they've had a very tight correlation for the last uh, couple months now with the Chinese yuan. The Chinese yuan goes weaker, and, and so does silver and gold. Well, you're seeing a rebound here, right? And, you know, it's maybe it's too simple for me to just say this could go one of two ways. Silver and gold could go down or it could go up. Right. The Chinese yuan could go down or it could go up. But but maybe to give you a little bit more insight, um, basically what you what you need to see here, what you need to continue watching here is not just what's happening in the trade war. Right. Um, you know, this this strength in the in the yuan over the last couple of days has primarily been because people are thinking that this trade war has has come to a close, that it's over or, or that it's trade talks are proceeding. Um, trade talks could proceed and and, and uh, the trade war for all intents and purposes could be over just as it's just getting started. However, that doesn't mean the yuan isn't going to break through seven to one. Because, you know, as I said on this channel, this yuan weakness over the last couple months is not just trade war related. It's economic related. Sure, devaluing your yuan as as much as they have year to date. You know, it it used to be down, um, you know, at 6.2, 6.25, somewhere around there. Uh, And and today it's, you know, getting close to 6.95 to 1. Um, Devaluing yuan that much is going to negate some tariffs that that we're going to place on Chinese goods. And it is going to make us exporting to them or or them buying imports from us more expensive. Thus, you know, it's it's a a tariff, I guess, in the sense, in in some ways, right? There's there's not an actual tax taking place. And it does negate some of the tariff from, from the United States, but we're still going to be taxing those imports. However, I I still don't buy that it's just trade war related. 
you know, I think China and and the People's Bank of China, their government, they are they continue to be worried about a hard landing for their economy, right? And you know, I think in some ways maybe you saw that um, for a long time here. Fortunately, we don't have here. This is better. This is a slightly longer term. Mostly looking at the Chinese ones. Maybe I'll just switch to this. We'll have a five-year chart here. You know, I think for a long time here, China was very vocal about their their desire to deflate some of the bubbles in their economy, their their corporate debt bubble, their shadow lending bubble, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, mind you, bubbles that they more or less blew up. Okay, but they wanted to deflate these, but they wanted to do it uh, carefully. They wanted a soft landing for their economy. They didn't want these bubbles to pop, explode, and all of a sudden. Um, well, the, the sky is falling for the country. No, um, they want to do this carefully. Uh, thus far, I think that there are some concerns within leadership that they're not achieving those ends, that this is coming down too hard. There's been some notable bankruptcies over the last couple of months. And so this alone, easing their monetary policy, easing their fiscal policy, or, or I should, yeah, easing fiscal policy and, and lending standards, um, that alone is going to have an effect on on their currency. It's going to to make it weaker, more or less. No, no different than if the Fed lowered their their Fed funds rate, right? Of course, China's using different different techniques, but but that's really what they're doing here. Um, but and so I guess what I'm saying here is that the Chinese uh, the the trade war can come to an end, but it doesn't mean that this decline in their economy has has come to an end, right? This can go on much much further, and they're going to need to to ease monetary policy plus. The, the other side of it is is that with a weaker economy, you're going to have weaker economic growth. So so I hardly would, would think that this is, is over um, just because the trade war might be over. But even there, uh, with the trade war, obviously the trade war has, has a huge effect on the, the Chinese economy and their stock market. I'm still not buying that it's over, right? Um, you know, w- would this be declared a, a win? Could Donald Trump go into the election season this year and declare that this is a win? Um, I don't know. I think it would leave him open to to criticism, right? People could say that, hey, he tried to start a trade war. Maybe the U.S. didn't lose it, but but do you as a farmer, do you as a steel worker, do you feel better off today now that these trade talks have gone through and et cetera, et cetera? No, I, I have to think that this is, is far from over, right? Um, especially since the U.S. Economy's ha- the U.S. economy has not suffered as much as China's, or at least not publicly, right, in terms of the stock market, in terms of of investor sentiment, it has not suffered as much. I think it will eventually suffer quite a bit because of these tariffs. I don't think tariffs are good for economic growth in the United States. But to date, you haven't seen the same impact as you have in China. Um, so I, I have no reason to believe that that he wouldn't continue. And so, you know, by next week, uh, you know, seven days from now, it could be a totally different story. That's really been the story of, of this trade wars is back and forth. More tariffs or not, Right. And and uh, all along the way, the trend has been towards more tariffs. So so these talks of, of trade talks and and you know people people buying the rumor. Um, I don't know if this rumor will actually ever turn into a fact, and so or at least not anytime soon. So you know a, a week from now, the yuan could be knocking on the seven to the, the door to, to seven to one. The silver and gold could be much much lower. And uh, this trade war could could still be live, could still be going on. But but you know it all remains to be seen. You know I'd love to hear your feedback on this video down below in the comment section. Again, as format as well as content, and and what are your thoughts on on this emerging market crisis, and uh, where will it strike next? Is it is it is it India, the Philippines, Mexico, 
Let me know down below in the comment section. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video and God bless.